your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 690 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, very special crossover edition, teaming up with J.D. Young of Locked On San Jose Sharks in preparation for the Rangers taking on the Sharks at Madison Square Garden on Thursday night. David Quinn's big return to the Garden. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, uh, the Rangers off to a solid start this season. The Sharks, not so much, but we get into all that with J.D. Young. Enjoy. And now we bring in John of Locked On Rangers for a nice crossover edition. We don't get to do this very often just because our teams don't play very much. John, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. You know, Rangers off to a pretty solid start this season, 3-1 and one to begin the year, and uh, it hasn't been perfect. There's a couple of things you could maybe nitpick, but for the most part, I, I think they're off to a heck of a start, uh, especially when it comes to uh, you know their ability to put the puck in the net. They've really been scoring uh, at a very high clip so far. How about you, J.D.? I, I know the Sharks are off to a bit of a rough start here. So Oh, rough does not begin <laughs> to start. Yeah, the Sharks <laughs> are off to the franchise worst start at 0-5, and, and they have scored eight goals so far in their five games so they have struggled to score um it has been a comedy of errors especially in the second period so we will kind of get to that but um you mentioned you know pretty solid start i know the rangers last year uh pretty deep playoff run does it look like if they're kind of picking up where they left off I think so. I mean, they lost a couple of people in free agency. I mean, everybody that they brought in as a rental, you know, from Andrew Kopp to uh, Tyler Mott to Frank Vetrano, all those guys walked in free agency, and they indeed uh, did turn out to be rentals. But, you know, the guys they brought back have done a great job. You know, Panarin and Mika, you don't really worry about those guys. They're going to score numbers and put up points at a very high clip. Um, but, you know, the kid line from last season, uh, Hito Lafreniere and Kako, those three had a lot of buzz in the playoffs. And they're actually right now playing on three different lines. But they've pretty much picked up right where they left off. And, uh, you know, they're they're all off to strong starts this season. And uh, Vincent Trocek, you know, he's in a weird way. And I talked about this in our last episode. He's almost kind of been overshadowed. Like, for some reason, it feels like not a lot of Ranger fans are talking about him. But he's got five points in his first four games. Uh, you know, he's out there on the power play. He's out there on the penalty kill. Does really a little bit of everything. And, uh, you know, dominating on the faceoff circle like he typically does. So, yeah, man, so far so good. I mean, again, it hasn't been perfect. There have been a couple of defensive lapses against uh, both the Wild and the Ducks. And, um, you know, the, the Rangers, they're, they're going to have to look to clean that up because they typically are a pretty good defensive, you know, team. Um, hmm. But, uh, yeah, that, that's probably been the one Achilles heel. It's just a little shaky couple lapses here and there. Yeah, for the Sharks, it's been uh, a lot of – actually, a lot of the stars not really kind of producing right now. Uh, Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle are probably, you know, the most well-known Sharks um, have a combined two points on the season. Uh, you know, uh, Eric Carlson has two – has a goal and an assist. But, you know, this team, they these kind of big-name guys have just not been able to get much scoring going. It's actually been their 
bottom six guys who have produced a lot of scores. Uh, Nico Sturm and Denny Sveshnikov have two goals and lead the team right now uh, so far in the season. But it's been a, a, a tough go for the Sharks to try to produce any sort of offense. And you can only ask the defense to bend and not break so many times before they just finally give in. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Meyer and Hurdle, and I would probably throw Kotora in there as, you know, the, the kind of the big three on the Sharks. The, uh, you know, even if you're a fan of the Rangers and, you know, these two teams don't cross paths very often, those are the three guys that you're familiar with, probably along with Carlson. But, I mean, between Meyer, Hurdle, and Kotor, uh, I saw a stat that really surprised me. I mean, I guess it's not that surprising because the Sharks have, you know, kind of stumbled out of the starting blocks here, but... I mean, four points in five games. And, you know, this is a team in the Sharks that I don't think expectations were that high to begin with. So for me, I mean, that means that, you know, those, the guys that are typically the best players, I mean, they need to really shoulder the load and they just haven't been able to do that so far. I mean, is there any reason that that's the case? Anything you can kind of point to there or anything like that? Uh, with, I mean, the team, you they did have a weird start starting in Prague and then it was like, back to back and then you had a week off and then you're kind of really getting going into the, the season right now. But um, I don't think Timo Meyer is 100% healthy. He got injured come in practice after the Prague game it was kind of a, a game time decision going into last game or into last weekend's games. And he played, but he just doesn't look quite, quite himself. Um, he's hit like three or four posts so far. So he's probably due it at, at this point to, you know, just some bad puck luck. And they've been trying to kind of mix up these lines and trying to find a, a good balance of do they want to stack it with Hurdle and Timo? Do they want to try to spread them out? And nothing's really kind of clicked yet so far in the season. There's just it's been a lot of line shuffling and, and there hasn't been much chemistry established already. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I mean, are there any um, you know, bright spots or anybody that's kind of surprised? I mean, I, I know it's a challenging start, but is there anything that you kind of kind of just salvage from these first five games here and say, okay, there's one or two good things that are going on right now? James Reimer has been playing out of his mind. Um, okay. He, uh, if you look at the numbers, they, they're not that great. You know, uh, he's, I think he had, gave up four goals last game against the Islanders, but I mean, they gave up 45 shots to the Islanders. And if you're giving up 45 shots to the Islanders, that's usually not a good, that's not a good thing to begin with. But James Reimer has been playing out of his mind. And like I said, with Nico Sturman, uh, Benny Sveshkov, who they signed in free agency, um, really have solidified this fourth line. And uh, we'll get to the lines here in a second, but, um, really have provided some stability for this, this fourth line that's been a revolving door of AHL guys or just guys who aren't ready to be NHL players. So, yeah, I mean that makes sense to me. Uh, JD, do you want to? Uh, shall we let everybody know about uh, Bet Online? Yes, let us do that. Our good friends over at Bet Online. If you guys know. Betting your number one betting football and source, and also with the start of basketball season here, so you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, Bet Online remains your continuous source for sports wagering information, with live betting and estimate scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check out your favorite games and events, including MLB playoffs, you got MMA, boxing, golf. Um, like we said, we have uh, basketball back in full swing now. So head to their website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so let's get into some of the projected lines. So, John, yes. you want to start first with uh, the, how the Rangers last lined up, or what your expect expectations for the next for this game? Yeah, I think it could be a little bit different from the last game, just because you know uh, Ryan Carpenter's going to be coming back. He'll probably be on the fourth line. But to kind of just take it from the top, 
Um, you're going to go with a top line of Mika Zibanejad, uh, Chris Kreider, and Capo Caco, and they have been awesome to start the season. Uh, you know, Mika was, he's coming off of a four-point game. I want to say two goals and two assists in the last one. Uh, him and Vincent Trocek assisted each other on two different power plays for goals. So that was awesome. And, uh, you know, Capo Caco, somebody who really kind of came alive in the playoffs last year as part of that kid line, uh, he is really benefiting, it would seem, from playing with uh, Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. And, you know, coming into the season, I was really hoping that both Caco and Lafreniere would get top six roles. At first, it seemed like they wanted to keep the two of them together with Filipito on the third line. But, you know, injuries and overall just ineffectiveness uh, have kind of forced them to, you know, recalibrate recalibrate on the on the fly here. And so now you've got Caco on the top line. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere now on the second line. He's out there with Trocek and Panarin, which is a phenomenal opportunity for him. I mean, Artemi Panarin can take people like, you know, Jesper Foss and, and Colin Blackwell and even Dryden Hunt a little bit last year and turn them into semi-relevant offensive players. So, I mean, for him to get Alexi Lafreniere out there, I mean, I, I just can't even imagine how much good he's going to be able to do for him this season. Uh, but then you've got Philip Heal. He's still on the third line. And uh, I believe it's going to be Blay on the third line and mm-hmm. then Goodrow uh, also on the Old third friend. line. Yes. What's, oh, Goodrow. Yeah, yeah. Goodrow. Yes. Yeah. The, the game seven winner there, right? Against the Knights, he knocked them out, right? Yes, 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 I've, I've yes. gone back. I've gone back on YouTube and watched that a couple of times because, you know, I, I, I kept swearing like during the playoff run this last year, he was going to come up with like a major goal at some point. But man, just just a hard nosed player. And uh, I'm glad the Rangers have him. Um, but then the fourth line, you're probably looking at VZ, Carpenter and Reeves. Uh, Dryan Hunt was placed on waivers a little bit earlier today. Um, they kind of have to do that because mm-hmm. you know, they want to go with 22 players and accrue some more cap space be- between now and the trade deadline. But uh, yeah, you know, I think it's a good way to line up. It took some time, but I think they're starting to settle with their lines. And these current line combinations, uh, they, they look pretty good to me. Uh, as far as the deep pairings, I mean, it's been the same all season. You've got uh, Fox and Lindgren. You've got Truba and Miller. And you've got Schneider and Jones. Uh, Jones came out one game for Libor Hayek, but uh, for the most part, those are going to be the six guys. And uh, how about you, J.D.? I mean, how are the Sharks looking right now as far as the line combos go? And uh, what are your thoughts on the way all the pieces sort of fit right now. So last game it was, they split up the hurdle and Meyer combo. Um, looks like they're putting them back together. So we'll have a first line of Timo Meyer, Tomas hurdle and Alexander bear Banoff. So his second game back um, missed the, missed the first four games of the season with an injury. Um, old friend, Nick Benito moving from three C up to the second line wing to play with Couture. And then uh, Luke uh, Cunning. Benito and Couture had some really nice chemistry at the end of last season when Bortle was playing 3C and they moved Benito up to the uh, to the second line with Couture. He scored five goals in like eight games, so maybe they can kind of recapture some of that magic there. And then you have the Gadovich, uh, Nico Sturm, and Alexi, or uh, sorry, uh, Genny Smeshnikov. Sorry, um, yeah. that's going to be a third line. That's been the fourth line, but it looks like uh, David Quinn's rewarding these guys because they've been probably the best line for the Sharks, which is kind of tells exactly exactly how they've been. been. And then (laughs) the fourth line here is going to kind of cobble together uh, Matt Nieto, uh, Stephen Lawrence, and Oscar Lindblom, who was a healthy scratch last year. Um, We'll see that leaves Noah Gregor and Kevin LeBanc as the healthy scratches right now. So we'll see if one of those guys comes in, but that's what it's looking like right now. For the D pairs, Jacob Megan and Eric Carlson. Then they're still trying to figure out the second pairing uh, between Scott Harrington, Matt Benning, and uh, Mark Edward Vlasic. So pick two out of there and hold your nose. And then you have Mario Ferrari and Redeem Shimmick um, as as the the bottom pair. So 
a gauntlet offensively there for the Rangers have to deal with. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt about that. Uh, I do have to ask you, by the way, about David Quinn, because obviously, you know, he's hired in the offseason. He had coached the Rangers for, I think, three years, and uh, now he's with the Sharks, and, you know, we did a crossover then. Um, how, how, How has it gone so far? I mean, what are your early impressions of him? trying to kind of take the record out of the equation here. Just, just what, what are your impressions of, of him so far with this team? There's some questionable like zone starts. That's kind of been what I've, I've really noticing, you know, you have offensive players like Tomas hurdle and, you know, and Timo Meyer. And you would think you would try to get these guys as many kind of primo starts, right? You're, you're a team that struggles with offense. Nick Bonino leads the offensive zone starts uh, for this team. Uh, <laughs> like stuff like that, where I, I, I question some of the usage of some of these guys, where if you're trying to, I get it, maybe you're trying to shelter your third line, maybe, but you've been running a third line of Matt Nieto, uh, Nick Bonino, and then your winger du jour, whoever's kind of in the doghouse, or, or you know, Noah Gregors, or kind of guys like that. If you're going to be sheltering these guys, why not just play Thomas Bordalo, who actually provides offense uh, instead of, of of Nick Benino? So we'll see how it goes here with, with this. I, I'm curious if, since they're so they're struggling so much for offense, if we'll see the turtle Barabanov Timo Meyer line, which was very very good for the Sharks at the end of last season. If they're going to get kind of those primo starts for a team that, like I said, has scored eight goals in five games and has been struggling to to, to get any consistent offense going. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording here about how, uh, you know, it could be a David Quinn revenge game. You never know what can happen here. <laughs> um, but, you know, a thought that I had, you know, before we even started recording here, though, is, um, you know, Quinn, I'm sure he would love to win this game. I mean, for starters, they're 0-5. He wants to get his first win as the Sharks head coach. He was fired by the New York Rangers a couple of years ago. Uh, he's going back to Madison Square Garden playing his old team. And, you know, I think it's going to be pretty telling for the Sharks, you know, how they show up for this game on Thursday night. Because if they go out there and they play their tails off, even if they don't win, if they're at least competitive, I think that'll at least tell you that, okay, they're following this coach, that they want to do well for him, et cetera, et cetera. But if they come out and they just lay an egg and they drop to 0-6 against this guy's old team, I mean, that's not going to be good. Am I, am I right about that? I mean, that's that can't be a good sign. Yeah, and you've seen, like, the Sharks, they, they just haven't been able to put together two good periods in a row, let alone a full game. You know, against the Carolina Hurricanes, they led after the first period, and then the second period, they fall apart. Against the Islanders, they led after the first period, and then they give up three goals in the second period. And the second period has continued to be this bugaboo for this team where they just they don't have enough talent to play a full 60-minute game. And you're continually seeing that as soon as they're challenged or as soon as any adversity hits, this team just falls apart. And it's it's happened last year, and you're seeing it again this year. Even though there's new guys, new new coaching staff, you're seeing the same old uh, mistakes and miscues. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like hearing you describe it that it's not really, you know, a case where this team is lacking in effort. It, it's more just they're just not good enough. And, it, you know, they're, it sounds like they're not getting any puck luck or anything like that going their way either. Oh, it's a little um, bit of both. They're, 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 they shoot themselves in the foot constantly. Okay. And then they're just not getting good, uh, getting puck luck as well. So it's a, it's a little bit of the chicken and egg situation of is this team just not talented or are they just doing dumb things and they can't overcome the lack of talent that they have type of, of thing. So, but with the Rangers, so what makes 
them so good if we can kind of switch here over here. So yeah, you know, you look at this team, their their power play is re, this is actually probably one of the best matchups. Is the Rangers power play versus Sharks penalty kill? That's like the one thing the Sharks do good. They have yet to give up a penalty kill or a power play goal this year. They were the second best uh, penalty kill in the league. So how do you think these two units match up here? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I mean, I, I did not know that the Sharks like had, you know, an elite penalty kill unit. That's interesting to note, though. And uh, they're going to need to bring it because, you know, the Rangers are really firing on all cylinders. And, you know, this early in the season, I try not to get too caught up with like, oh, they've scored on 33% of their power plays because it's so early. I mean, that number is going to jump all over the place the first few games. But the thing that I love is even on power plays where they don't score, they always look dangerous. And mm -hmm. I mean, you've got the top power play unit on the Rangers. Those guys just complement each other so well. You've got Panarin, who's just a phenomenal passer and can really shoot the puck, too. Uh, Kreider's an amazing net front presence. You've got Fox, you know, kind of quarterbacking the whole thing. He's a Norris winner. Uh, Mika ripping one-timers. And, you know, Trocek's come in there and done a nice job, too. So, I mean, it's just they're always moving around. And it's just crazy how much this Ranger power play unit. I talked about this not too long ago, too. Uh, I swear, for, like, 30 years, the Rangers never really had that creative of a power play. And to the point where, like, they'd be in a playoff series— and I would like, like, they'd, they'd have the momentum, they'd be rolling a little bit, and, you know, a penalty would happen against the opposition. And I'd be thinking, like, can we just decline this? Yeah, just, just decline. I don't <laughs> have you been there? Oh, the Sharks uh, power yeah. play this year. One goal, two shorties given up. So I am right there with you on the please so, decline these power plays because. Yeah, man, it, it's funny how that can work, but no longer, man. I mean, they're, they're absolutely elite. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a ton of fun to watch because you really do feel like uh, they're going to score every time. And in fact, in this most recent game against the Ducks, uh, they went three for four on the power play. And, and even the one they didn't score, you know, you kind of had like a kid line reunion because they play out there on the second unit. And not more than like 30 seconds after the power play ran out, did they score a goal? So uh, it was the same shift. It just didn't happen on the power play. So yeah, man, that, that's going to be a big time matchup. And I, I think if the Sharks are going to have, uh, you know, a chance to, to get this win here, they're going to absolutely need to try to shut down uh, that, that Ranger power play unit. And better yet, just stay out of the box in general because, you know, that's where the Rangers can really hurt you. Yeah, that, I think that's going to be – if the Sharks penalty kill can continue, you know, what it's been doing and shutting down these different power plays. They haven't faced a power play like the Rangers. You know, the Islanders is a pretty solid power play. The Canes is a pretty good power play as well. But this Rangers power play unit is, like you said, it is elite. And it's one of the best. I'd put it up there. You have, like, the Rangers, the Avs, you know, like, some of these power plays where it's just, it's almost like watching a different sport the way these guys move, especially when you compare, like, the Sharks' second power play unit, which is a very, like, meat and potatoes, Nick Benino unit, or kind of please crash the net and hopefully something good happens. But, you know, with, with Quinn, that was the one thing I was hoping Quinn would be able to do was to fix this power play for the Sharks, which has been very stagnant and boring. And it was a lot of Brent Burns shooting one time, or, you know, shooting shots from the point and everyone tried to, you know, collect that or tip it in type of thing. And we've seen more movement. We've seen it. And I know it's very early in the season. So hopefully these guys can start kind of collecting, you know, getting it together and some more chemistry on this power play, especially with a new system. But again, giving up two shorties uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks in one game is a not a good sign for your power play. So, yeah. I, uh, I would I would definitely have to agree with that. Um, as far as the goalie matchup, I got to believe it's going to be Igor Shesterkin for the Rangers. I mean, he's the reigning Vesna winner. Uh, Halak mm -hmm. already got into a game just two games ago, so I got to believe it's going to be Igor. Uh, do you think we're getting uh, uh, Reimer or yeah, Reimer or Kakanen for for this game here tonight? And and do you have a preference between the two of them? I mean, Reimer's definitely been the better goalie of the two. Uh, Kakanen 
played really well after the trade deadline when they they acquired him last season. But Reimer has definitely been been the guy so far this year. And uh, David Quinn says he now that we're actually into the grind of the season and, and have a little bit more you know normalized schedule, he wants to kind of ride that hot hand. And I think Reimer has earned the benefit right now of being the, the, the guy. So especially with the Sharks having a back-to-back this weekend against the Devils and the Flyers, I could see them going Reimer, and then you play uh, Capo against the Devils, and then probably Reimer on Sunday type uh, situation before you fly back home. So I think it's going to be Reimer. Um, I would be surprised if he's not just because he played really well against the Islanders, and the, the defense just let him down. Oh, the whole team let him down in front of him. And that's, that's been a common issue so far this season with, with the goalies is them just getting hung out to dry, unfortunately. And I have a feeling it's going to be much of the same. Yeah, we shall see. And, and we can get to predictions in, in just a second here. But one more question I had to ask you about the Sharks. And, um, you know, you, if there's anything left you want to ask me about the Rangers, you know, have at it. But um, Eric Carlson, you know, obviously, you know, he, he's still capable of going out there and doing some good things. But the, the contract is just crazy. I mean, $11.5 million a season. And he's there for, I think, five more years, including this one. So, I, I mean, but what do you even do? Do you just kind of keep your fingers crossed that he can live up to that. Is there any way to offload that contract? I mean, just, just any thoughts on uh, that whole situation? Yeah. I mean, Mike Greer is basically told, you know, this is what happened with Brent Burns was if with all these guys, if, if you want to move, I will be more than happy to fill facilitate a trade. And that's what happened with Brent Burns. I mean, granted between the three big defensive contracts of Burns, Carlson, and Vlasic, his was the most, you know, appetizing as, as he could or appealing, I guess, where he could still provide at a very high level. And that $8 million, the Sharks end up eating like three and a half million of it to, to move him to the Canes. But with Eric Carlson, I mean, you'd have to be throwing major, major assets at a team. And especially with there's so many just cap crunch teams right now. We're seeing so many teams having to play, you know, 20 guys and stuff like that to try to finagle the caps. That way they have a little bit of breathing room. So I think for now, at least until the cap, I think you know, we're supposed to see a jump here in the next couple of years. But I, I think you just you just got to kind of hold your breath and hope that he can you know last more than sixty games in a season, which is something he just hasn't been able to do with the Sharks. So, and there's nights where he just looks electric, and there's some nights where he's just not the same guy. So, um, you know, hopefully now with Brent Burns gone, he can kind of have that full load of the offensive share and can kind of see more of of the Eric Carlson of old. But yeah, it's it's a lot of hold your breath with him. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, you know, there are ways to, you know, dump contracts that you don't want to hang on to. You know, the Rangers did something like that with Patrick Nemeth this offseason. He was, you know, just frankly not any good for the Rangers this past year. And they gave him to the Coyotes along with two second round draft picks. Uh, so they pretty much just bribed them to to take him off of their hands. But I mean, I mean, Carlson's obviously a far better player than Nemeth, but he's also making a lot more. You know, Nemeth's making two and a half million dollars for this season and next season. Uh, Carlson's making eleven and a half million dollars. So it, it's tough because you know, if you're the Sharks, you can't really afford to you know give away draft picks. No, especially get, right? right now. Yeah. I mean, they're they're leading the tank for Connor Bedard right now. It's right. you know what's and you don't want to. It's this team's not going to be competing for a couple of years. So it's better just to kind of work your way through some of these ugly contracts like your Vlasics and your what's your Eric Carlson's and. Logan Couture's contract is going to get ugly here pretty quickly as well, especially with his decline in play. So 
it's better just to kind of take your medicine with it. You're going to, you're going to see some relief with cap here in a couple of years. I think it's supposed to jump 4 million next year. And then the hope is that we start to see some more growth in the cap, but yeah, the cap friendly page is not a, a nice page for sharks fans right now. Yeah, it's really not, man. Cap, cap friendly is a way of life for me over here. I'm constantly looking at, you know, all these contracts and okay, what can you do here? And how do you fit this guy in? And, Cap friendly and take a thon. That is, those are the two for me right now. <laughs> How about it, man? How about it? Yeah, um, yeah man, it, it's crazy. And I, I got my fingers crossed as much as anybody that, because uh, I saw those reports too that the cap could end up going up about four million dollars next season. I mean, the Rangers are going to have some tough decisions, but that'll make it. That'll give them some breathing room, and uh, they might be able to work some magic and, and stay just under the cap. You know, if it does go up, so we yep. shall see there. Yeah. All right. But, let's um, let's let's guess. How does this? I'll let you go first. As the home oh, team, how does this game end? So, I mean, I've been, you know, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, there have been a couple of defensive lapses by the Rangers this year. And, you know, I think the game against the Ducks, they beat them six to four. It's a classic case of a team playing just as well as they need to instead of as well as they can, which is kind of what the Rangers did that night. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, they, they probably, even though they won, you know, Gallant, he, he's going to stay on these guys and he's going to make sure that they're, you know, bringing it every night and, and putting forth an honest effort. Um, I think you're going to see a, a pretty complete game from this Ranger team. And I, I think they take this one, you know, four to one, five to one. I'll, I'll say four to one. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, the Sharks, they're struggling right now. Um, I am a little bit wary about it, though, just because, you know, at, at a certain point, you know, whether you're the Sharks or whatever team it might be, if, if you're a team that's struggling, you know, your pride's on the line. These guys are still professional athletes. They do have some proud veterans on that team, too. Um, maybe they do play hard for David Quinn, trying to get him this win uh, in this building here. So, uh, you know, I am a little bit wary of it for that reason, but I, I do think the Rangers will uh, you know, put forth a strong effort and uh, win this one 4-1. to one. Uh, how, how about you? Any uh, final score or anything like that? I got 6-2 Rangers. <laughs> I think there's like, <laughs> it's just a complete beatdown. But I will say we finally get our, we'll get our first Timo time of the year. That is my one prediction. Is I keep predicting Timo Timo Meyer is going to score because I just want to watch Timo Meyer score. But yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a complete beatdown, and the Sharks uh, leave New York with more questions and answers again. So, I uh, I, I will throw out that I, I think Chris Kreider gets a goal in this one, and I, I realize that's not he scored fifty two goals last year. It's not the <laughs> the boldest prediction ever. But I swear he's been robbed by opposing goalies more than the rest of the Rangers combined this season. So I think he's just due to get one. I think you'll see Chris Kreider put one in uh, in this game. Yeah, it, it's it's not going to be pretty for the Sharks. But at least you get we we get to see these Sharks awesome away jerseys. So that's I'm excited about that. So that'll be fun. Yes, yes. John, where can uh, the people find you? Yes, yeah, so um, you can find me on Twitter at jchick17. You can also find the show on Twitter at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. And uh, yeah, we're available on any audio platform, whatever you're listening to this on. Uh, we're available on YouTube, the whole nine yards. So uh, you're, we're pretty easy to find. You know, you type in Locked on New York Rangers and uh, it'll come up for you. And uh, how about you, JD? Where, where can the Ranger fans find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at my firehole. Uh, the show is on all social media, Locked On Sharks, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, my dog is trying to get in. Uh, you can also listen to uh, Locked On Sharks wherever you get your podcasts, and of course, subscribe on YouTube as well. All right, so once again, a big, big thanks to Mr. J.D. Young of Locked On San Jose Sharks for teaming up for this crossover edition, and a huge thanks to you guys as well for tuning in to Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. 
Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely make sure to subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts.